15 years since this club been 105. Now, it's just the beginning. Yep. All right, it's just the beginning. That's what we're made of. Again, congratulations, man. It's time to turn some music on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the We Do Podcast. I am your host, Billy Price, coming to you once again from Cover 2 Studios. We have quite an episode for you guys today. I reached out to some of my fellow Ironman University coaches to see if they'd be interested in coming on the show. And lo and behold, it was great. We had a great response. And the first one who responds was my new friend, Ryan Falkenrath. He is from Set the Pace Triathlon out in Kansas City, and this is an interview that he and I did just a few moments ago. Um, It's interesting to hear what folks are doing around the country, especially during the pandemic, so it was kind of neat to get his take on things. I hope you guys enjoy this uh, interview on the We Do podcast. Hey, everybody, we are on the We Do podcast with Ryan Falkenrath. Ryan, I know you're freezing up there in Kansas City. How you doing? Well, uh, uh, doing pretty good. Uh, got my little space here going. Um, yeah. You know, we're trying to, uh, we're under rolling blackout. So if I black out in the middle of the podcast, there you go. Uh, we've <laughs> been hit with that. But so far, so good. Keeping warm. Yeah. Yeah. And you were saying, what? what's the high today? Uh, here in Kansas City, it's going to be, I think, Today's going to be a blockbuster day. It'll be 18 degrees, I think, is nice. what it's supposed to get up to. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday, it was negative one for the high. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And enjoy it, Florida people. We, you know, we're, we're spoiled yeah. here. So, yeah, I won't, let, I won't let my wife listen to this podcast because, yeah, <laughs> it's like, we need to move to Florida. And I was like, well, they got their own problems, but hey. Yeah, we, we, have, yeah, we have problems for sure. We have lots and lots. Of, you've, you've heard of Florida, man, so we have lots of problems. So let, let's jump in. How did you get into triathlon, Ryan? Oh, gosh, I want to date myself. I think 2004 was my first triathlon. Yeah. Um, got out of college about 2000. Um, always been interested in, in, you know, keeping in shape and fitness and stuff and ran a few 5Ks. And then 2004, um, I've been doing off-road duathlons, um, could not swim, did not want to swim. Yeah. Um, 2004, I did my first on-road duathlon. Uh, for some reason, I didn't realize it was on road and you'd be better off with a road bike. So I borrowed it from a friend Okay, and, and, and got second place in my age group. Nice. I thought, hey, that was pretty cool. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there that, you know, training indoors on a trainer and doing road cycling helped me perform better at, at off-road stuff. Okay. Um, but as I progressed, triathlon's a little bit more, I guess, friend, family friendly because you don't have to worry about daylight and all that kind of stuff. So over time, I've just kind of transitioned to, um, you know, doing triathlons and getting the long course stuff. Yeah. So you, do you have a favorite venue that, uh, you've raced at? There's a couple. Um, I think just my, my favorite 
I've done Indian Wells 70.3. Yeah. Uh, I think in 2018, uh, the first year they had it. Um, and it just randomly at work with a, uh, at the time, the place I was working, it worked with a work trip. Mm-hmm. So I did that trip. Oh, and that's perfect. And did the race. Um, I, I don't know if I'd recommend doing it that way, but like the Palm Springs area, it, it was, it's a pretty flat course. Yeah. Um, it's, I'd like the area. I'm kind of a more of a fan of a desert type area, palm trees, or I was on the golf course. So of course it's a little bit, you know, probably more well-maintained than other areas, but yeah. Just the, the area, I kind of liked it, and it was in December, and there was a high of, I think, 70-something, 70 78 or oh, something. Wow. It was perfect weather. Swim was a little cold, 53 degrees, I think, in the reservoir. But, like, just the area and stuff, just the 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 scenery, I like that the best. But yeah. as far as, like, venues go, um, it's probably Ironman Chattanooga. Okay, yeah. Uh, out there in, in Ross's Landing, it's it's kind of a, a good combination of you can find some place to stay that's close, mm-hmm. either hotels or Airbnbs, and, and everything's just there in the menu. There's park there. There's everything you need. There's restaurants. Really, you could come, stay in a hotel, park the family, and not have to leave, not have to drive anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a really hospitable area, um, and, and it's just really convenient and nice and other than the hundred degrees it was in 2019, it's yes. a pretty good race. I had some friends that go, went up there and raced it during that time of day. And they were telling me how people were just dropping like flies uh, because it was it so was, hot. Yeah, it was definitely, it was one of my athletes first Ironman races. Yeah. Um, it was like the sixth or you know, sixth race I've done. Uh, and yeah, it, it was definitely not going to be my fastest. It was all about pacing yourself and yeah. making sure you didn't melt down. That's a pretty hilly course too, right? A lot, you know, for us flatlanders here in Florida, it, it's a challenge, right? Yeah, the cycling's pretty comparable uh, where I live here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the run. I mean, if you didn't, you know, if you kind of coast by and you do okay on the bike, and you didn't really train well enough to be ready for the runs, it's very hilly on the run. Yeah, you know, get you. Yeah. Now, do you um you race locally too, or do you just try to stick to Ironman races? No, I try to get in as much, you know, local stuff as family time will allow. Yeah. Um, we do have some good solid events. We've had some kind of drop off here in the past. It used to be during the, the heyday, mm-hmm. you probably find a race to do every weekend. Yeah. Um, but they've really, you know, some of the, the other ones have kind of weeded themselves out, I guess. And the, the staples are still here. Mm-hmm. Um, so if all goes well for 2021, you know, there's a good handful. And I'm an ambassador for one of them. Okay. I'm very involved in trying to get the their numbers up and i think that race has been here for 30 plus years okay yeah now um do you have like a best memory or uh something you know that you tell folks about when you're racing is there like a pr or something cool that happened um probably like as far as a like a pr would be uh 7.3 chattanooga in 2018 i believe yeah i got a 501 Wow. which I totally was not expecting. Yeah. Um, the current was pretty good. It helped me quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> down river. Uh, but the rest of the race, I mean, there's one place, there's a hill that got me. I had to walk for a second that maybe if I'd have been able to run, I'd come under five hours. But right. I totally was not expecting that time. It proved my theory that I can train indoors. Because uh-huh. um, in Kansas City, you know, maybe in April, you get uh, good enough weather, you can ride outside consistently and do stuff. But, we could still get snow in April and May. So it proved my theory that I could train indoors and then do well in an event. So yeah. it was just kind of surprising to, to put it all together 
and go out there and do that well. That's awesome. I um, I did uh, Augusta, and um, I'm I'm a decent swimmer, but um, I finished like up with a 19, um, out of the water on, on that swim, and I was like, wow, current is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I always love a, a good strong down. down yeah. Over yeah. So what, um, transitioning from an athlete to a coach, how, how did that work? You know, were you interested in coaching all along or? No, it, it didn't really. It's kind of interesting, you know, my degrees in engineering and, mm-hmm. and structural engineering. So it's kind of off the beaten path of what I'm doing now. Um, but it helps with like problem solving and during, uh, college, you know, I taught undergraduate courses, I taught algebra. So teaching was kind of, a thing mm-hmm. like it was her income mostly in college, but it also it just it after I did it for a while, it kind of appealed to me. I, I enjoyed educating people, the the ones that didn't want to get educated. You know, yeah, there's some in college that aren't there for an education, but <laughs> digress. Um, so I'd always had it in my background. So after I'd been doing races for a little bit and and had some success, and then been doing it long enough that you know people start recognizing like, hey, you've you've come to like every one of these races. Can you? let me know like gear I need or whatever. And finally, you know, enough questions started popping up and then people were like, Hey, I need to, you know, I want to do my first half Ironman. We help me out. So it just kind of started just trickling a few here and there in 2012. I officially started a, you know, kind of a side hustle, okay. like started an actual company and, you know, on paper to actually do coaching. So it was just kind of a, I never set out to be a coach. Okay. Um, but after a while, it just kind of enough people asked me and I was like, okay, I want to get my level one certification USAT. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Ironman came out with their certification, I went ahead and got that. And I just kind of take it off from there. Gotcha. How, how does the, um, how do you compare the level of education from the uh, USAT to the Ironman? You know, um, or is it similar? Cause I only have the Ironman one. Um, it's, it's pretty similar. I know they just changed it for 2021, how they're doing even the new certifications for USAT. Yeah. So they're doing different kind of paths and education. I think they're getting more unified and uniform with education. And, um, it was a little bit scattershot. I'd say when I, gosh, 2000, probably 2012 was when I got my level one cert. So you had to go to the three day in person Mm -hmm. clinic and do all that. So it was just kind of a, you know, drinking through a fire hose is just all coming at you at once and you're just trying to absorb as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but over time doing, you know, the continuing education credits, you know, being there for, for Ironman U um, videos and then USAT, they're partnering with Dave Scott, and Mark mm-hmm. Allen. Um, so it's, it's just good to stay in the loop. Um, but I've also, you know, I'll podcast for like Matt Dixon for, you know, Dave Scott, all the other coaches out there, it's just as much been a part of my education as much as USAT and Ironman. So it's, it hasn't really, I'd say it's a good third breakup, USAT, Ironman, and then, you know, my own diving in and gotcha. educating myself. Very cool. So if um, you were to find your coaching philosophy, like what's, what's your biggest takeaway? Like what, what would people know about, about Ryan as far as a coach? I take a very individualized approach. Yeah. Um, I don't think, any two athletes are going to be the same at all. I mean, nope. you get some people that are, you know, the tip of the pointy sword that are really, really good, but some are just because they're genetics and some just because they spend 20, 30 hours a week training to be mm-hmm. that way. Um, and you just can't put a blanket plan out for everybody. Nope. 
I agree one hundred percent. And I, I made the, those mistakes at the beginning and just being like, oh well, you know, just this is the gen, kind of general thing for everybody, and I can yeah. just kind of kind of spread it on everybody, and that and that you know didn't work. You know, some people get overloaded, and some people are like, I need more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a very individualized, you know, from my my very competitive athletes to my first time half Ironman or even the first time triathlete. Yeah. Um, it's very individualized. So if, if I'm not focusing on what that person, where they're at and where they want to be, you know, it's not going to be very, um, I think a good situation for either of us. Yeah. Now, um, I've, I even asked Dave Scott this question. So I'm going to ask you, do you get the same rush an athlete crosses the finish line as it, as is when you do? Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, thinking about some of my races and stuff. Um, unfortunately I don't get to, to finish along with my athletes. I'll get to yeah. see them. You know, I have, I have athletes everywhere, California, New York, and it's very few and far between. Like I have some first timers here locally. Uh-huh. Um, when they get done, you know, I'm happy for them and everything. Um, if I'm doing the race, I'm, probably selfishly a little bit more inwardly focused on yeah. what my goals are and what I want to get done. Yeah. And by the time I get to the finish line, I'm so, you know, toast mm-hmm. that it's, it's hard to, to see outside yourself. Um, I will in 2019 with my, uh, athlete, that was his first Ironman in Chattanooga. It was unique because I was working with Ironman university. We we're doing the become one effort. Yeah. So I did a kind of a video series of his from start to finish with him. Um, and he, he was pretty local. So I got to see him in person a few times and it was, it was convenient cause I finished before him. So I was able to kind of hang out until he got to the finish line. And I think we were both, I was pretty wiped out, yeah. but I was still, I was still pretty cognizant and, and whatever. But I think when he got done, he was pretty toast. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, was, I was excited for him and it was like, yeah, good job. And he's just kind of like, I think he was ready to go <laughs> lay down somewhere and, and take a break. So it's just kind of a mixed bag. It just, um, it just kind of depends. Like if I'm racing and, and have a goal, then probably a little selfishly inwardly focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I do enjoy my seeing my athletes finish and get across the line, especially when they, um, break past what their, their expectations were. So many people. And when you coach them, there's a lot of, I guess, self-destructive thoughts and mm-hmm. you're always battling that. And when you see them cross the finish line and, and beat their goals, you're, you're happy for them. And you like the, I like to share in that, but I, I want it to be their experience and yeah. not, you know, yep. come over and steal their thunder. Yeah. Look what I got you to do. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no nothing like, like that. No, I just put the plan out there and, <laughs> yep. you know, kept you on a straight and narrow. I went out to, um, Texas to watch, um, an athlete I coached, uh, finish her first, um, full and, the witching hour, man, that last hour is insane at the finish line. It, it was like so much excitement. And, you know, it was just like watching her finish was just like I was I was there with her because I was there every step of the way. I was so proud to watch her cross that finish line. Yeah. So let's talk about like um, what do you consider your specialty? Like is it swim, bike, run, nutrition, hydration? Like if, if I was to um, – uh, hire you and, and you and I are working together, Ryan, what, what, what could I look forward to? It just depends. Um, I don't really focus in on one discipline over the other. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's very individualized. So somebody comes to me and they're a strong runner. 
It's like, well, if you're going to do a 70.3 or 140.6, you also need to be a strong cyclist. Yep. Yep. So then I become a cycling coach for them. Uh huh. Or if, you know, if I see that there are run splits, it's like you're going to run up against cutoff times or something like that. Then I become a run coach. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody, you know, I've never swam before. Then become a swim coach. You know, I'm a master swim coach here and we're putting on clinics and we're getting, you know, some of my athletes that, you know, don't really swim well and we're going to get them in the pool and, yeah. and they're going to be a part of it. So it, it's kind of, I don't really have a, a disciplined focus. You know, it's, um, I think my focus is more on the long course athletes, 7.3, 140.6. Okay. So that covers so much that you can't really focus on one thing and kind of skirt by the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And you, you didn't have a swim background, so it's kind of cool that you're actually a master's coach now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I call myself, what is it? The, the adult onset swimmer, or okay. like that. <laughs> whatever, whatever they're calling it these days. You know, I, like I said, started swimming for real in 2004 and just now to a point where I'm fairly proficient. Okay. You know? So that was, uh, we're looking at 16, 17 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's always fun when I go to the pool and somebody goes, Oh man, we should, I should hook up a, you know, a, a rope to you and ski behind you. You're so quick in the pool. And oh, then, well, and then another, you know, like a, you can tell they swam in college, they come and swim and just speed by me. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm decent, but you know, there's a whole nother level out there. Yeah. And you know, anybody who, uh, I always tell people whoever finishes first in the swim never wins the race anyway. So just get through it. <laughs> yep. Be, be, be efficient and save as much energy as you can, but yeah. Yeah. Do you, win the right there. do you have any advice for first time triathletes? I think the biggest advice is, you know, I, 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 I don't lead with, Oh, go find a coach or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's just make sure you have a plan because I forget where I heard it, but you know, everybody's got, most everybody can think, Oh, I want to do an Ironman. Then they can sign up for it. But then, a certain percentage will go through and actually think it through. Okay. I need a plan. Yeah. And then the certain percentage will execute the plan. And then a certain percentage will execute the plan. And only a certain percentage of those will finish the race because mm-hmm. some will psych themselves out and won't even go to the race. Yeah. So I, I tell the beginners, the biggest thing is to find a plan that's sustainable for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it, if it's going and buying one off training peaks or if it's having somebody make a personalized plan, a find a plan and make sure it's sustainable for you in your life. Yep. Whether you're a single dude and you've got all the time in the world or you're, you know, a, a 35 year old gal that's working full time, your husband's working full time. You got three kids at home and they're small and, and you got to take them all to their sports. You got to find a plan that works for you yep. or it's not going to work. Yeah. So let's talk about the, uh, the COVID deal, the COVID-19. How, how has that changed your, uh, your style of coaching? Well, it's funny because like I said, I've, I've got a mix of local people um, and then it's probably more virtual anyway before okay. this whole thing. Started. So a lot of people were, you know, I got Atlanta, I got Chicago, I got California, New York, all these other areas. And so the way I would operate really hadn't changed. Yeah. I mean, they did shut down like the, the pool that I had, I was coaching masters at, they shut it down because it was tied to a school district. Mm-hmm. So they were, there was like no swimming there for four or five months. Wow. So that was a change a little bit that they, you know, I was no longer doing master swimming in person. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it, it was really, you know, the loss of people, you know, it's like when you got no races to train for, it's like, okay, you know, let's put it all on the back burner and let's put a kind of a maintenance plan in and there's no sense in going full bore 
know, at first we didn't know about races and mm-hmm. then at first and then they started canceling them. And then people were just like, you know, and I got it. It's like, you don't want to spend that kind of, you won't put that investment out there if you're going to not know if your race is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest change. It's just the loss of, of, and, and rightfully so the loss of athletes that you're just like, well, I'm kind of taking a break. So, yeah, you, you know, um, uh, keeping folks mentally sharp during that period where we weren't sure what was going to happen, you know, um, people were like, well, I don't know. I, you know, what's the sense in me training if they're just going to cancel it? I'm like, but we don't know, you know? Well, I, and I always told people, it's like, well, that's, that's okay. You know, you can dial it back. So you're not, you know, the 20 hour peak week that you would have done, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not going to need to do, but you can still, you know, and a lot of my athletes, I put them on plans. It's like, you can still increase your FTP, you can still increase your VO2 run, you know, yeah. all this other stuff. You can still work on fitness. And it's like, I wouldn't look at it as a detraction. It's like, well, I trained for this event and now it's, I've wasted all that. It's like, no, you haven't wasted that time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're more fit. You're yeah. in better condition. You're in better shape. <laughs> you're mentally, that should keep you plugged in too. It's just like, stay on the structure. It's don't, don't fall off the cliff and just totally, you know, lose sight of everything. But it was, it was kind of tough for some to, to, and reel them back in. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. It's like, let's, let's knock on the deep end. Yeah. I, I would always say that um, this gives us a chance to work on our limitations, you know, things that we want right. to work on. Yep. Yeah. Well, except for the pool when, you know, pretty much majority of the pools were always having a problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. Locally, we've been pretty lucky. They, they figured out how to, you know, make it safe and everything. So we're, where I swim, I'm able to go in. And okay. Most of my athletes can get back to the pool. Um, there's been a few spots here and there where they've kind of restricted you know, they've shut down gyms and all this other stuff. But yeah. I think that was the biggest challenge was coming up with ways for people. And that's changed my training. Um, you know, I used to be at least three times a week trying to go into the pool. Uh-huh. And now it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've stayed pretty. I, from the time we got shut down in March and, and I had a neighborhood pool. Okay. Like 18 yards long. Yeah. So <laughs> I did my 3000 yard swims, but it wasn't very pretty. <laughs> So I was able to maintain that. And then in like June or, or May, I was supposed to do Ironman Tulsa. So instead of that, I went to a friend's pond yeah. and swam around. So, you know, between March and, and that time, you know, maybe I got one pool swim in, but I went out there and did my 2.4 and three laps and okay. really hadn't had much fall off. So proved the theory that you can have a good indoor dry land training regimen uh-huh. and still not lose much. So it's changed my training. It's like, well, if I can substitute in a 45 minute dry land workout in my basement instead of having to drive to a gym and swim and drive home and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of subbed out one of my swims a week. So, okay. Um, it's been a positive experience as far as that goes. Now you said you do a lot of training indoors. Are you a, a Zwift guy and then a treadmill guy? Is that how it works? Yeah. For the most part, um, you know, especially now it's zero, zero degrees for a high one day. We yeah. got snow, we got ice. Went shoveled my driveway, and I'm pretty sure I gave myself a minor bit of frostbite oh, no. in like 20 minutes. <laughs> I had gloves on and everything. But, yeah. So it's just, you know, it saves you so saves me so much time. You don't have to layer up. You don't have to worry about it. You have to worry about traffic. So I use Zwift for structured workouts. Mm-hmm. I use Ruby just for laid back rides. Um, you know, I got in when they offered their discounted jump in for lifetime membership okay. discount. Yeah. So I go in there and just, you know, easy days, we'll ride a course. And then um, we have treadmills okay. that I'll just go run on in the basement. Yeah. You ever you do the Zwift run? You, have you tried that? I'm going to try the, they've come out with a duathlon series. Oh, really? So cool. I'm going to try that. I, I broke out a, a foot pod that had been sitting in my closet for you yeah. know, two or three years. 
Um, so we're going to try that out, but uh, not so much. I, I wish they would come up with a way for Zwift to control the treadmill. Yes. That'd be so awesome. If they had that on board, like if I could get an app on the treadmill computer mm-hmm. and it controlled the course, that would be a game changer. Yeah. I think. And the but, elevation would go up and down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've got a, a Nordic track and it has that. I fit. So yeah. You just do a, a path. It makes it so much less. You don't have to worry about anything. It changes the elevation and, and mm-hmm. speed. So it's just, it's a lot more convenient, I guess, to just kind of start it up, start running. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the season. Um, what are you thinking about uh, the events coming up and what Iron Man's saying as far as what's going to happen with the events? What do you think of that yeah, video? I watched, <laughs> yeah, I watched the video, the infamous video, where uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, Andrew's desk was kind of shaking in the wind or yeah, whatever it was. Right? It was interesting. But, so, I mean, I think overall, you know, he's they're just trying to stay in touch because I'm with Iron Man University and yeah. being uh, in the association. We get kind of backdoor heads you know, up before chats and everything with the coaching group. And, and we know that, I mean, Iron Man, I think is struggling just as much as the coaches are. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants a refund, but you can't, you know, get blood out of a rock. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If they tried to refund every ra- uh, racer, they'd go bankrupt. There'd be no Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, it, it is true that they're, they're waiting for the venue to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, I mean, they were ready. They, they had everything, all the protocols. I mean, they did 70.3 Arizona. They did Florida. Yep. 70.3 mixed with that. They're ready. Yeah. And I think it can be done safely. But ultimately, it's going to be, I think, a state-by-state, city-by-city. Um, you know, and, and I think as somebody put a post. They, they labeled all the states they think will happen in. Okay. <laughs> and I told the guys, like, Arizona, Texas, Florida, probably Oklahoma. Um, I think those are going to be the, the states that are like, yeah, come on down. Yeah. We'll yeah. Safe and, and we'll have you here. So I think some will happen. And I think if, if vaccinations go smoothly, then maybe more will happen. Yeah. If hotspots pop up, maybe those don't have, I, I think it'll be, I think some will happen and, and then there'll be outliers that for some reason they can't happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in Florida and Haines city is a go as far as we know here. So, yep. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you got uh, Ironman Texas in April. Mm-hmm. So I think if that one goes off and safely and no ramifications from it, mm-hmm. I think that gives a little bit more indicator to say, hey, you know, we're having these events, we're being safe, it's all outdoors, you know, it can be done. Yeah. And, and people aren't, you know, it's not a huge outbreak scenario or something. Yeah. All right, Ryan Falkenrath is here with us, and uh, let's talk about your coaching company that you have, Ryan. Yeah, so uh, set the pace. So set the pace triathlon.com is, okay. is, is, you know, back in 2012, I was a little bit naive in the industry. I mm-hmm. thought, hey, you can just make a, a Facebook page. And I think I had a, a blogspot.com okay. website address. Uh-huh. So I'm just, I put my name out there, start a Facebook page. People will be just rolling in and it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> there is a lot of coaches out there, a lot of options, but, mm-hmm. um, so I've got a little bit more, you know, especially 2000, September, 2019, I ventured and started, you know, doing it full time. Okay. So fortuitous timing there with the pandemic. And oh March yeah. 2020, <laughs> you picked a great <laughs> had to time. Make some drastic changes in life to, to, to keep it going. But, um, yeah, keep going. We're good. <laughs> okay. There we go. Um, 
get that out of the way. Uh, so, um, yeah, so 2019, I went full time doing my coaching business. Mm-hmm. And since then, I put more resources in my website. Okay. More, I'm like a member section. Um, so that's something I've offered. So I've, I've come up with different, you know, one-on-one training plans, uh, one-on-one coaching, you know, with individualized training plans, training plans on training peaks. So I've diversified, Yeah. you know, more so than just saying, Hey, come let me be your coach full time because that's, you know, there's a lot of coaches and not, you know, people don't, not a lot of people with disposable income. Yes, definitely. So if, if anybody wants to check you out, you got, um, you want to do some social media plugs? Uh, we got, uh, my website set the pace triathlon.com is the biggest one. Okay. If you go there, it's got links to all my Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube channels. Um, I wish I'd have been back in the day, a little bit more uniform and naming all my stuff. <laughs> so like, uh, Instagram is just my name at okay. Ryan Falkenren. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Twitter is, well, I won't tell you Twitter cause it's tried Jayhawk Ryan. So I, I went to university of Kansas. So okay. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different and, and doesn't necessarily change like the name to be set to pace triathlon. But, uh-huh. Um, so Facebook's the biggest one. Okay. So if, if you, uh, just look up set to pace triathlon, well, actually, nope triathlon training daddy so again that's where i need to uh, go back and back to my you know 2020 back to my former self and be like hey when you start this page name it something else that's more uniform there you go um <laughs> just uh it kind of uh went in with you know i've got three kids mm-hmm. and they're young and it's it's that's the biggest challenge i think for for especially you know i'm a guy and i relate most to men yeah it's like being in a family and my wife works full time. Uh, she's invested in her career. It's like you can't just go off and train. No. And then expect everybody to be on board with it. Um, and so that's how that page first started is more of uh, tips, you know, okay. triathlon training daddy. So I go out there and I'm a daddy, but I'm also doing triathlons, but I'm also training people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mixture gotcha. of all that. So that's, that's Facebook. But if people went to the website, they could find links to all those, the social media and everything. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you. Oh, you know what? I do need to show you something, though, Ryan, since we are on video. Um, since you're a Kansas City guy. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Bucks fan. I saw that on, on your Facebook page. It, uh, <laughs> it stings, but at least we won last year. So There you go. Um, hopefully there's many more AFC championships and Super Bowls and yeah, Patrick Williams in the future. I'd love to see us uh, meet up again. That would be kind of cool. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, it's just like, Tom Brady has Patrick Mahomes' number. I mean, they just yeah. they can't get away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've taken enough of your time, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Falkenrath from setthepacerace.triathlon.com, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Thank you for joining us on the We Do Podcast. All right. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Hey, there we go. That was the interview with Ryan Falkenrath from setthepacetriathlon.com. I want to thank Ryan for being on with us today, and I want to thank our audience for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, join us each week as we explore more of the things that we do. If you have comments or questions, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at We Do Podcast, or check our website, thewedopodcast.com. We'll see you next time on the We Do Podcast, where we are always talking about the cool things we do.